What up, fam? On this episode of the Snapback Sports Pod, a happy, happy Thanksgiving, and very much want to just say how thankful we all are, Abe and I at least, and Eagleson too, for all of you listeners who tune in to the pod and are a part of the Snapback fam. On this episode of the pod, we preview Thanksgiving's games. We do a people's pick to give out some cash. And then, of course, we will preview Week 12 in the NFL. We have a nice discussion on Isaiah Stewart and LeBron James suspensions. And Abe goes on a beautiful, beautiful Thanksgiving rant on James Franklin. Snapback fam, new app. The Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. His own. All year. Every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh! He broke his ankle! What up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Sederman. Joining me today, and as always, my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, what is on your mind today? A lot of people sent me DMs yesterday that are probably going to think what's on my mind is a man by the name of James Franklin. We will discuss that later in the pod. I will not let that bozo consume my mind on one of my favorite holidays of the year, Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving gets a bad rep. People, I think it's become like the trendy thing to say Thanksgiving sucks. There's really only one thing I have to say to the Thanksgiving sucks crew, and that's grow up. Yeah, turkey's dry, whatever. But turkey is like not even in the starting line of Thanksgiving foods. I know it's I know it's the main dish, and that everyone says turkey day, which makes me crawl out of my skin when I hear the word turkey day. But Thanksgiving is, to me, my favorite holiday of the year. Me too. I, you said one of, but it, it's my favorite holiday. And people being my friends have confronted me about this and, and mentioned how you don't have a, a Thanksgiving meal on a Tuesday night. And I just want to say for all those haters out there, that's cap. Like I I was early on Thanksgiving. I was, you were, since I was we were young buffs. Yeah, I was 12 years old grinding Thanksgiving meals at camp. So I don't want to hear it about that. Second of all, it's kind of a <clears throat> really heavy meal, and it's really just not offered. Not because it's not great. I get if I go to a diner, I'll get a Thanksgiving little little meal. That's they weird. do. Yep, that's weird. I get that, but it, I I just enjoy it. By the way, two things. One, if your turkey's dry, I think that's just like maybe not great cooking on on the part. Like, there's. I, I'll stop you there. I I think there's that, some think, moist pieces of turkey. And yeah, number you gotta two. Get dark meat. Yeah, and number two, you've got gravy. You've got all the sides to complete the right. bite. You've got cranberry. Like I'm, I'm team cranberry sauce. Not, uh, what's the over here. what's the problem? You're drinking. You drink and watch Tim Boyle and Andy Dalton play football. You eat dinner at like five o'clock. What is the issue here? And you're no, no, no you eat dinner at five o'clock, <clears throat> but you're full by two o'clock. Right. You're full by the time Andy Dalton's putting on a game-winning drive at Ford at Ford Field in Detroit. I think that's where the game is. Um, but yeah, Thanksgiving just gets a bad rep, and it's like, like I said, thanks turkey's not even in the top five Thanksgiving foods for me. It's like I'm gonna throw in the beer that counts as food for me. I'm sorry, in my diet, I'm gonna throw in the appetizers, the stuffing. My grandma makes mac and cheese, which I would go to war for yeah speaking um, of mac and cheese you saw matt judon's take that mac and cheese isn't that good that bigot i will yeah. not acknowledge that bigot <laughs> but another patriots player by the name of mac jones had a take on thanksgiving and i'm with it he doesn't like apple pie and neither do i yeah, which is pe- weird uh it's weird i would acknowledge from for the majority like everyone says america glizzy's baseball and apple pie First off, if you think baseball in America are the first two <laughs> things you associate with, you live under a rock. So apple pie, I like apple pie, but acting like apple pie is the main pie on Thanksgiving is also no, strange. It's pumpkin, which huge pumpkin pie guy. Yeah, pumpkin's great. And like green bean casserole, like I understand it's vegetables, it's gross. Like they put the unhealthy shit in there to spice it up. It, like it tastes amazing. If you don't like Thanksgiving... <clears throat> you come from a family of shitty cooks. Fair. I think that's fair. 
Except in regards to the turkey thing, I've always wanted to try, but I've never had fried turkey. You ever see those? Yeah, I've seen the fried turkey. I think I've apparently had some in my day. Apparently, it's like really dangerous to make. Interesting. Like you put dip it in oil and it could explode. Yeah, yeah, shit. yeah. What about ham? Are you? Do you guys do like ham or steak? Ham's like a huge thing on Thanksgiving. Don't give me that look. I've, that is a thing. I promise you. Like they'll call you uncultured if you don't know about ham on Thanksgiving. I've heard about ham on Christmas. I've heard about ham on Easter. Maybe I have the ham wrong on holiday. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Maybe I have the wrong holiday. <laughs> I don't I've know. got a buddy. I've got a buddy whose family just notoriously doesn't like turkey about this rant. So their tradition in their family is every year they just eat filet mignon. Yeah. On, like, yeah. do you? Do you on Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving's not about turkey. Eh, it's about. I, I. It's about the vibes. It is about the vibes. Speaking it's of about which, waking up, it's about waking up. If you're of age or you're Eagleson, hungover tomorrow morning, on your couch sitting there for nine hours wanting to stab yourself in the stomach because of how full you are the entire so day. you go out wednesday night i don't have any plans to tonight but i, I would like to see some some old buddies today gotcha yeah i'm everyone's, I, everyone's in town i'm down in fla so i i've never been like a big wednesday night guy even when i would go home during college but i know that's like the pop and night yeah tell me you don't have friends without telling me you don't have friends <laughs> my friends are those i'm just grinding content what can i say i have a duty to the snapback family now i have an agency it's like i don't have time to go out the night before i have plenty of time i just don't have friends like you said right you're unemployed my friends are the people and what do we do for the people on thanksgiving we give them a pick them three and one on monday night football abe and i uh we just missed out on gronk but we nailed the rest of them brady smashed uh Galladay had one catch. Tony actually went over by a half yard. Uh, and then Gronk just was way more active than we turns out. Turns out he's healthy. Honestly, Schefter tweeted like two hours before the game, like Gronk tested it out. He thinks he's going to play tonight. I didn't even know it was in question like that. Yeah. Like when I saw that tweet, I was sure that he was going under. Right. And then I think he had a 44-yard catch to start the game. But yeah, doesn't matter. Three and one, we're trending in the right direction. We're giving you an all-day Thanksgiving special. Um, I'm starting it off with David Montgomery over a half rushing touchdown. Don't get it twisted. Just because the Lions held the freaking Baker Mayfield Browns, Baker still with the GOAT, uh, <laughs> to 13 points does not mean that they will do the same to Andy Dalton. This is like your typical 3 nothing after the first, 6-3 after the second, and then the Bears open up in the second half. David Montgomery will get a rushing touchdown. That's how it works. Like the running the the RB1 always scores the first touchdown of Thanksgiving. Look it up. Did you just give out? Did you just give a first touchdown bet? Look it up. Look it I swear my life Look Jack, I think up. Deshaun Watson threw for like 11 touchdowns last year in the first game. And you was and it I... the first game? Yes. I'm going to yes. look it up. Abe, give your second pick. My second pick, we're, like we said, this is an all-day thing. We're keeping you attached to the games all day. So, unfortunately, if David Montgomery scores a touchdown, you're going to have to watch the rest of Bears-Lions. Tim Doyle versus Andy Dolan. It's a beautiful thing to be thankful for. Derek Carr over one-and-a-half passing touchdowns. The Dallas offense is the best of the league. Dallas offense puts up the most yards. Didn't see that in Kansas City. <laughs> Didn't see that last week when Jackson the Cowboys would win. But you would expect a little bit of a bounce back game from that Cowboys offense, which let's use the two most famous words in Warren Sharp's vocabulary. Game script. Mm. What does that mean? The Raiders playing from behind. Derek Carr having to throw the ball all over the field. Hunter Renfro is going to catch one. Maybe Josh Jacobs catches one and takes one to the house. But Derek, Derek Carr's throwing over one and a half passing touchdowns because this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I believe it to be the highest total of the day. And in order to score a lot of points, you got to have a lot of big plays, and that means throwing the ball a lot. So I like Derek Carr here to have two touchdown passes. Okay. I, sorry, I'm grinding right now trying to see. Watson did throw for like eight touchdowns, but Adrian Peterson had two rushing touchdowns. So I'm trying to see. Who scored first in the game? Uh, 2021. Let's move to 2020. Why don't you give your second pick as I finalize this right, information? We'll, we'll, uh, we'll snake it. We're going Zach Moss under 23 and a half yards. 
Jack, did you know that the Saints rushing defense is historically over the past few years, like hands down the best rushing defense in the league? I didn't did you know, know that? that you didn't? Did you know that this year they are the number one rushing defense in the league? I didn't. Right. So that means they're good at stopping the run. Unfortunately, last week for the New Orleans Saints, they just happened to run into one of the best rushing attacks in football. Put up, got 240 yards hung on them um, by who was it? Who? Oh, yeah, the Eagles. Right. The Eagles hung 240 yards on them on the ground. And listen, for the best rushing defense in football, historically, over the last few years, you're going to expect the market to correct itself here. Mm -hmm. I don't see them giving up 240 yards. I believe they're getting a little healthier on the defensive line. I think we took advantage of a a decimated defensive line and rushing rushing defense for them. And I think this is just simple market correction. Zach Moss under under 23 and a half yards. I could pick Zach Moss. I could pick Devin Singletary. I picked Zach Moss. And so (laughs) luckily this is my pick and not yours. So but Zach Moss or Devin Singletary will definitely go under 23 and a half. I'm just picking out of a hat on this one. So I'm going to go would, Zach Moss. Would you take both potentially? Who's their other running back? No, both under. I'm oh, saying. Josh Allen. Josh Allen's their other running yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't take both. I think that's I think that's skating on a little bit too thin ice for me for Thanksgiving holiday. It's November, not December. If we do a little Christmas football, maybe I'll take two unders. But I'm comfortable with Zach Moss under uh, right here. As far as that game goes, though, I don't know. We'll talk <laughs> about that later. Um, all right. I, I did just confirm what I suspected to be true. Deshaun Watson threw for 318 yards on 25 attempts and four touchdowns. The first touchdown of the game went to Adrian Peterson. And the first Houston offensive touchdown went to CJ Procise. So even when Watson threw for four touchdowns, they still gave it to RB1. Or might have been RB6, honestly. Uh, my final pick. There is nothing more football Thanksgiving Turkey Day than Cole unvaxxed Beasley just dominating third downs in a dome. Well... That's like kind of on. Okay, continue. For that reason, Cole Beasley over 40 and a half receiving yards. It'll be eight catches, 62 yards, Cole Beasley. If they offer, if Underdog puts up receptions, hammer it. Because I don't know how deep his targets are going to be, but he will eat. He will eat. Third and five God. Exactly. And on Thanksgiving, that's just his day. So you want to talk about Slant Boy and Michael Thomas? Mm Mm-mm. Slant boy Cole Beasley. Exactly. But I mean, it's so easy to say that Cole Beasley is like on Thanksgiving Day the guy just because he went from playing in Dallas his entire career. That's my point. But he feasts on Thanksgiving. He knows how to get up for the game on Thanksgiving and put on. So our Thanksgiving pick them. Take it for 33, win 330. Montgomery over a half rushing touchdown. Carr over one and a half passing touchdowns. Zach Moss under 23 and a half rushing yards. And Cole Beasley over... 40 and a half receiving yards. I feel good about that one. I don't feel, I feel as good about them all. Yeah, yeah d- that's not true. I don't feel as good about previewing these three games, though, Abe, because starting off our Thanksgiving day is Lions-Bears. Tim Boyle, Andy Dalton, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, before the 1 o'clock even start. I don't know. What Would do you there, think? Is there any other... Other than Lions Texans or Lions Jets, would this be the third worst matchup that you could pick? No, I would imagine like a Lions Jaguars. After seeing the Giants in person, they've got to be amongst one of the worst teams in the league. The Bears are just like they're they're pretty injured. Um, they're just that's, not that. That's why they're the. That's why they're bad. That's part of it. Matt Nagy's pretty brutal. Um, the players are not that good at football on their roster. Yeah, they're, but they're not like a bottom three team in the league. Texans, Lions, Jets, Jets Jaguars. Jags. Yeah, those are those are. Well, probably. that's the thing. It's like, how do you rank the bottom teams in the league when the bottom teams in the league consist of about twenty six teams? Right. Exactly. Like that's just the nature of the NFL. Like you're never going to get really good matchups anymore yeah. when the whole league 
absolutely blows. Right. Like, for example, the game after this is Raiders-Cowboys, two teams with, with positive records. And then Bill Saints, once again, two more teams with positive records. And it's just like, these teams stink. They're horrible. I'm going to watch it about the Bills. Okay? I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I'm afraid I actually read something about the Bills. It's like one of those very much Warren Sharp stats, like a huge nerd stat. Apparently, the Bills are on pace right now to be the most unpredictable team week to week in NFL history. That's how it definitely feels because they have dominated some people, but they've also like dominated the Dolphins like 55 nothing, and they, they've beaten some teams. And they've also played really close games against really bad teams, but eked out wins. Right. It just makes no sense whatsoever. So I, I hear you on that. Lions, Bears, give me a prediction. Give me something to be excited for. This may take some time. <laughs> hmm. I don't really mind the Bears uniforms. Yeah, they're Andy good. Dalton, Andy Dalton's hair is very Thanksgiving-like. Um, if you have, if you're relying on anybody on either of these rosters for your fantasy team going into tomorrow, chances are that team sucks. Um, something to be excited about Lions Bears or a prediction, anything, anything for those people out there. My prediction is I turn the game off. Wow. At the end of half. That's not true, actually, because what else am I going to do? Yeah, you're definitely not turning the game off. It'll be on. You know what? The Lions are going to win this game. Okay. Mm -hmm. There, there you go. You got. Yeah. Yeah. The Lions get their first win tomorrow. I'm completely on the other side. I think Andy Dalton is oh, actually... Old take. It is only like a three and a half point spread, shockingly. But I think the Bears are actually better today with Dalton than Fields. Like, Dalton's clearly a veteran. He, he's a how better much quarterback. Of that is, how much of that is actual belief versus Andy Dalton absolutely kills my Ravens every time he plays us? It, it just has to do with he's a quality backup quarterback which is rare and feels smart yeah not he, that good yeah but. he knows how to versus tim boyle who's literally a, a low quality ninth Col- quarterback. college quarterback right so for that reason alone like and dalton's not the one who's gonna throw like a pick six or a fumble six i mean he'll obviously do that dalton's now that throw i said a that six yeah or yeah, fumble six to the yeah. <laughs> yeah that's for sure a lock but first drive. He's not gonna like he's not gonna mess up seven possessions. Where at, and that's who loses this game. And like Tim Boyle could easily mess up many possessions from missing throws, fumbling, tripping, false start, penalty, all that stuff. And so I just think the Bears are are better. The Lions are really bad. And when Tim Boyle's their quarterback, they're about as bad as you could get. They have no wins on the season. Like people are forgetting that they, they haven't won a game. Two. Do. They could be due. All right, Very much too. Let's move to the afternoon, which, by the way, the NFL having an hour gap in between the two games, major botch. Criminal. Yeah, Criminal. just like, just go 147. No one would be upset by that. Simple. 1415, 1-4-30, 1-4-25, 1-4-30, 1-4-30, 1-4-30, 1-4-30, 1-4-30, 1-4-30, 1-4-30, 1-4-30, 1-4-30, 1-4-30, 1-4-30, 1-4-30
they're going to have to give the ball to Zeke. He stinks. <laughs> How much can Dak do with Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup against the Raiders defense that when they were playing good was all over the place. I mean, Max Crosby became best friends with Lamar Jackson week one, Monday night football, <laughs> Jonathan Abram, is probably the craziest defensive back I've ever seen. I'm just talking about his mental. Yeah, he can't the way cover. He, hits. he can't cover anything, but if he sees you and he gets to you, he's going to hit you hard. So seven and a half points for here, right here is hard for me to give to Dallas when Dallas isn't that good. I could even see the Raiders winning outright in this game too. Yeah, I think they – who did the Cowboys play last year on Thanksgiving? Washington, and yeah, they lost, and, and they, I bet against them money line. You bet against Cowboys. Yeah, death taxes and whoever the Cowboys are playing money line on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I could see it going in that direction. Um, but the one guarantee I do have for Thursday's games is your Cowboys-Bills teaser is not going to hit. So <laughs> – if you already placed it, text your bookie, get it canceled. If you were planning on placing it, don't do it. Because the chances that they're giving out free money on Thanksgiving is just not going to happen. The whole or, country the whole country is watching, and you think the Cowboys and Bills are just going to take care of their opponents. It's going to pay even money. Like, no. I would also advise, I'm not a gambling man. Never have been, never would be. I would advise not betting tomorrow seeing which way the games go maybe a cowboys bills teaser does hit the public cashes and then on sunday you know where vegas needs to make its money back from right you know how they're gonna have to make up the losses you see heavily bet games on i don't know the falcons and jaguars where everyone's pounding the falcon everyone's pounding the falcons minus one i don't know who that could be but then the Jaguars went out, right? And it's like, how the fuck? Oh, wait, That's it's just the Falcons. Happening. So <laughs> but, who, do yeah. you, who do you rank as more likely to lose on Thursday? Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. Dallas or the Bills? Dallas, 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 Dallas. We just Dallas. said they're unpredictable. Right. And, ever, and they're seven and a half point favorites. People are predicting them to win. No, no, no the Bills. You said the Bills are unpredictable. Yeah, but they're not the Cowboys. The, you know those Raiders. You know those Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders do get. It's weird. as simple as this. You're, but you just seem very biased against the Cowboys. No, I truly think that's an absurd amount of points. Like if I saw four and a half, five, I'd be okay with it. That would make sense to me. But seven and a half with a depleted Cowboys offense, I understand they're coming off a bad loss, and that's probably factoring in a point or two. And the Raiders are as much on the decline as you can be. But that's just that's massive to me. Okay. A touchdown? I personally picked the Saints because, once again, my logic that, that a Cowboys-Bills teaser is not going to hit. And my thought process here is the Bills have been very up and down. You play the shell defense against Allen. Um, they don't run the ball much, so that Saints run D might allow the Saints to actually just sit back and play in pass coverage. And Sean Payton, as an underdog, has been spectacular in his career. Is that true? Yeah, he's like 13-3 and three against the spread in the last eight years or something. If you're trying to tell me Sean Payton's only been an underdog 16 times in the last eight years? I mean, the Saints have been... Like, when would the Saints really be, be dogs? I just feel like being underdogs two times a year is like a crazy thing. The Ravens are, are underdogs like once a year over the last three years. You said eight. Yeah. Well, they eight had years. they had Drew Brees. That seems like a made up. Did you actually see that somewhere? Yeah. Or did yeah. you? Or did you? I pl- I'll pull it up right now. You think I just made that up? Like Sean Payton. I think you saw something on the lines of that, and you filled in the blanks like it was. Uh, one Sean of those, Payton. I forget what that game was called when we were little. Sean Payton. Mad again. Libs. Mad Libs. I feel like you're just playing Mad Libs with a little bit of a tweet. Uh, let's see. Let's see. This is 2020. Let me, I'll find this as well because I found the Adrian Peterson thing. Um, but it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, I like things. So if I had known that, maybe I'd switch my, my pick. But 
that would require me saying something good about the Cowboys. Okay, so all time, all time, he is 45 and 26 against the spread as a dog. Oh, here we go. The Saints are 12 2 and 1 against the spread in their last 15 games as underdogs. Okay. They're also. So you did did fill in the blank. They are also 3 0 and 1 in the last four games as home underdogs. Sean Payton's team. Exactly. So you did exactly what I said. Sean Payton's team is on its first three game losing streak since the start of the 2016 campaign. Bills are six point favorite on the road as chalk tomorrow night. I mean, it's a fucking lot. Like, those Saints are winning the game. But you realize that you did exactly what I said. Bears, Cowboys, you saw, Saints. You saw a little bit of a tweet. You what? didn't really remember it, so you filled it in with in the last eight years. Yeah, no, I definitely just, I made that part up. But how how many years do you think it is? How, what's the record? What's the record? Yeah, say it again. So how many total games is it? Uh, 12 and 15 games. Five years. You think five years? Five years, six years. Yeah. It's pretty I mean, good. It's yeah. a large sample size. Yeah. Point is, the Saints are going to win the football game. Congratulations, New Orleans. Do you think they'll they'll utilize Money Man a little bit more tomorrow? Taysom Hill? He got paid again. Yeah. What did, what did he do against the Eagles? I didn't watch. I uh, didn't take a snap. Really? Why? I think he might have been out on concussion protocol oh, or something. Okay. Or... <laughs> Talking about leaving a little bit of context out of it. I also could be wrong. <laughs> Taysom you Hill did me, not. You asked me. You asked me what he did, and I Taysom told you Taysom Hill didn't, didn't take, a, take snap. a snap. By the way, he doesn't have a leg right now. <laughs> like, um, you didn't right. ask me why he didn't take a snap. So you asked me what I'm did he do? Bears, Cowboys, Saints, your Lions, Raiders, Bills. <laughs> Would you look at that? Very on brand. <laughs> That's not even planned. <laughs> Um, all right. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone, though. We appreciate the support. Real quick. Oh, we're thankful for you. I feel like we should say that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Um, we're going to talk week 12, word. rest of the NFL after the break. We're going to talk about your boy, James Franklin. Before the break, though, what about a little LeBron-Isaiah Stewart combo? Real quick. Just real quick. Knicks beat the LeBron-less Lakers pretty handedly. He beat the Isaiah Stewart-less Pistons. Good wins for both those Eastern Conference powerhouses. LeBron suspended one game. Isaiah Stewart suspended two. You want to start? You want me to start? Where do you want to start? I think LeBron being suspended one game is actually, like, was strategic. Think about it. LeBron's one game he was suspended for was against the New York Knicks. It puts all the attention back on Carmelo Anthony and his return to the Garden most points in the garden in NBA history. Everyone loves him. He loves them. Yada, yada, yada. And LeBron couldn't play Jack in his favorite mm. arena in the world. Mm. How much do you think that killed LeBron James last night? Not stepping foot under the lights in Madison square garden. You're so right. Especially, Evan Fournier especially because the Knicks spotlight. own the Lakers at MSG since LeBron's gotten think, there. You don't think the entire night, last night when he's sitting wherever he was not playing in that game the only thing going through his mind while watching evan fournier absolutely hang his nuts all over his team was, was getting stuffed i want to play with my mario, son here was getting stuffed at the rim by mario hazonja <laughs> like that one game suspension is physically one game but mentally that is now a a checkpoint in lebron's career yeah where he finally wasn't handed everything you know, he was handed guys like Anderson Varejao and Mo Williams so he could walk to the finals in Cleveland. He was handed guys like a Joel Anthony as a starting center uh, in Miami finals. He was handed J.R. Smith, Matthew Dellavedova. What hasn't this guy been handed to his entire career? Mm-hmm. And finally, mm-hmm. Penis Silver steps in and says, you know what, LeBron? No, you're just like everybody else, but we're going to make it hurt. You're going to have to sit at home while your team gets embarrassed, not embarrassed, they made a little comeback. It probably made you sweat a little bit. Russell Westbrook killed you guys. And your favorite arena in the world. So the fact that he got one game and Stewart got two when he was kind of the initiator isn't doesn't really say to me LeBron got less than Isaiah Stewart because I know that LeBron probably drank himself to sleep last night with seven bottles of red and tequila, and tequila at his feet. 
casually courtside at a game. Yeah. So it's a fair point. Um, my take on the situation is I don't quite – first of all, everyone is, is in agreement that this was the right sentence, that Stewart should get more games than LeBron – I just didn't see it that way. Like, yeah, sure, Isaiah Stewart was, like, running around like a madman, but he didn't do anything. Like, he literally did not do a single thing besides get absolutely skull-fucked by LeBron's fist. Do you actually think Isaiah Stewart wanted to fight LeBron? I don't know. And another thing that I think we're underrating, because people were calling him out like they did when Jimmy Butler was yapping at Jokic from, like, you know, 4,000 feet away. That wasn't, that wasn't Jokic. That was... uh Yeah. That was, was Jokic. Not, no, it yeah, was... Yeah, Jokic shoved Morris in the back. Oh, no. I'm thinking about Jimmy Butler a few years ago with a nugget. Oh, that was TJ Warren I'm thinking about with the Pacers. Yeah, yeah. Like, so they clowned on him because he was 4,000 feet. And then people were like, well, Stewart got up in LeBron's face. You could have just hit him there. Like, all right, first of all, like, people people don't just, like, swing at LeBron James. That's what I was um, saying. If, 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 if somebody swung at LeBron James <laughs> and connected... I actually think like all of our phones would just combust. Yeah, ESPN would ESPN would be cease to exist. You would have guys like Dave McMenamin actually tearing up on the broadcast. (laughs) Brian Windhorst would be projectile vomiting courtside, (laughs) combusting into dust while his career vanishes. Outside of that, I think you know if you really take into account like humans as we react to things. For him to get so mad after they were separated, in my opinion, something else must have occurred, right? Because when he he was confronting LeBron, he gets shoved away, and then he actually loses his shit. Like, that mentality, if he was face-to-face with LeBron, he would have swung on him. And it does actually appear like he goes to swing, and and, uh, I think Jeremy Grant like kind of pushes him away. So that, I think, is not being taken into account. But once again, Isaiah Stewart didn't actually do anything. And then there's this argument of, well, he could have hurt a teammate. He could have hurt a Laker. He could have ran over a ref or a security guard. Okay, well, if we're going on what he could have done, LeBron literally could have broken his nose, given him a concussion, knocked him. So I don't buy that argument either. Now, to come to LeBron's defense, I think it's either... It should have been flagrant two was fine because it was in the moment and it's tough to judge all that stuff off, you know, two minutes of replays. That's fine. It should have been zero games or it should have been about 15 games. You either have to determine whether it was intent or not intent, because if LeBron is intentionally trying to punch him in the face, 15 games is absurd. If if someone cold cocks someone straight in the face they would be suspended for for 15 games i would imagine 10 games yeah carmelo got a suspension in new york for like something like that 10 or 15 games a while back i forget for what but like 15 game suspensions is a lot absolutely and and that is a little bit of hyperbole to just to zero in on my point which is like 20 percent of the season yeah but my point is you that's correct you need uh times five 15 times it's pretty close yeah it's about 17 yeah. percent. good math Abe. my point is you need to determine the intent and if you're saying it was unintentional and we're just going to suspend him for the fuck of it like that to me makes no sense or if you actually are saying it was intentional then one game is absolutely an under suspension so that is where I think AD said we didn't expect him to be suspended. It wasn't intentional. And I did actually like what the NBA is like. Uh, they put like a little byline on what the ruling was. And it did make sense. But to me, it's like if it was unintentional, it's unintentional. Like, yeah, it sucks. But he's not trying to hurt this guy. And if he was, kick him out of the league. Send the him only, to the Knicks. The only I reason I would have wanted Isaiah Stewart to swing on LeBron and to connect because LeBron wouldn't have reacted. He wouldn't have swung back. There wouldn't have been a fight. Right. But the amount of LeMickey Burner accounts and LeBum and <laughs> LeCommunist on that would have said, oh, Jordan would have swung back. <laughs> Jordan would have squared up right there. Well, but, did you see the interaction between SAS and J.J. Redick? Yes. J.J. Yes, Redick so- is – he is going to have the shortest stint 
on sports media. You think? Oh, because yes. he challenged Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, he does, Stephen he, A. Smith goes against. Well, he was kind of with LeBron, but he's challenging the like. He is. I tweeted this last night. JJ Redick is the antichrist that sports media needs. He yeah. is going to take down clickbait media as we know it, and that's why they're going to switch him to the graveyard shift at two in the morning, and he's going to quit within a year. Right. And so I was listening to the back and forth. And if you guys haven't seen it, there's some clips on Twitter. But it's essentially Stephen A saying, and I, I was dumbfounded by the statement. He He's, he's you know, loving up on LeBron saying he's one of the best ever, maybe the best. He's top two. He's a stud. He's got Herculean talents. You have to game plan for him. But no one, I've talked Father to people around the league, yeah. but no one has ever feared LeBron James. Kendrick Perkins like, called cap on that too. I'm like, what the like what what are you talking and then about? Kevin Durant, cannot Kevin Durant. Kevin Garnett had an interview on a podcast this week where he was saying people underrate LeBron's toughness. Right. That is He's like six ten, two sixty five, people. Like, what are we talking? And then JJ Rack essentially said a great line. This is a line that no matter the circumstances, you win the argument. And he yeah. said, Stephen A, I don't I genuinely don't believe that you believe what you're saying is true and at that point it completely eliminates the conversation it now is just a debate over whether Stephen a is telling the truth and at that point like you've just made a mockery of him so the, i'm gonna pull that, that, the, that line i'm gonna that pull that out on dropped, at some point. that line and then he dropped the you watch the game you watch again no no Jay, no no Stephen a i i played the game right i played against lebron for 15 years i, I just played think it's against stupid LeBron in the to say that yeah no one no one fears lebron james one game for lebron james is just one game one game in madison square garden that's a lifetime of memories that's a lifetime of memories who knows lebron this lakers team's not good year 19 they only play there once a year. How many games left in the Garden does LeBron have? Well, a lot because Bronny's finally soon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I thought you meant like 41 home games in a few years. Well, that after he gets a taste, game six in the Garden, Knicks bing bonging all outside of Penn Station after winning the title. Things we can dream about. All right, fam, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, we'll dream about James Franklin actually coaching out every single year of his extension and preview week 12 in the NFL. We'll be right back. All right, fam, we are back. And back is the word in Penn State, in State College, in college football because James Franklin will be back at Penn State for the next decade. James Franklin might be at Penn State so long that Abe's kids might be at school and Franklin still might be coaching this. Kids go to school where? At Penn State. My kids are going to go to Penn State? It's a a higher education. It's a well-respected university. With with James Franklin there? Mm Mm-hmm. You think I'm going to send my children to Penn State? Jack, they'll never know the words Penn State if James Franklin <laughs> is there. They will be wiped from his memory. I saw this tweet yesterday that James Franklin signs a contract for 10 years that that leaves him under contract through 2031. 2031. That's not even a real year. 2031. Was his contract up? No. He has signs like a new extension every single year. And I read that tweet. And the only thing I thought is Abe Granoff has signed a boycott with the Penn State <laughs> Nittany Lions that will have him wishing the worst on the program through 2031. This excuse of a football program that is the Penn State Nittany Lions. They get one taste, one lick of relevancy, of competency after the Joe Paterno era when Saquon's there, when Trace is there. They go to the Big Ten Championship. They win the Big Ten. And all of a sudden, Penn State's content with going to a New Year's Six Bowl once or twice every three years and then losing five games in the other years that they don't go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Number one recruiting class in the country. I don't give a shit, okay? I don't care. This guy doesn't know the first thing about football. (laughs) I'll give it to him. He's a great handicapper. He is. He tweets the, the, the name of... The team we're playing on Monday every single week. So he's a great handicapper in that regard. So unless Penn State's opening up a sports book, I have no idea what the fuck they're doing signing this bozo 
for another 10 years. Now, he doesn't, cl- he doesn't call the plays. The offensive coordinator has called the plays. And, and, and the offense is atrocious. And I don't care that you know who your OC is, right? He's a Texas guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to go. You got to bring back Moorhead from Ole Miss or Mississippi State, whichever it is. Um, but they signed him because they feel safe, and feeling safe is the equivalent of punting the ball in the NFL in overtime with two minutes left on the clock. <laughs> That is what the equivalent is to sign. At midfield. Sorry. At mid, yeah. At, <laughs> we'll even say you're on the 40. Uh, and you're, that is the equivalent of playing it safe and signing James Franklin to a 10-year deal. I will not cheer for this program. I will not root for them. I will not be happy when they a big name verbally commits there or even signs on National Signing Day. If you are a respectable football player, high school football player, and you're listening to this podcast – four-star, five-star, whatever it is, stay away from this program. Now, we do produce a lot of NFL talent, so I'll give you that. It might give you a better direction for the rest of your career, but if you care about winning college football games and trying to win a championship, stay as far away from Happy Valley as you can because this dumb asshole will drive your value and the team into the ground like he continues to do year after year. I absolutely hate this man. I have hated this man. I graduated college like three years ago now, and I hated him sophomore year of college. I had fun when we were finally relevant because Saquon was just out of this world and the offense was wild. We had all these NFL players all over the field. Since then, this guy has done nothing. He's gone to a fiesta bowl. I don't care. He's been the number three team in the country. Yeah, we lost four straight games after that. Like, we will only ever be relevant because of the names that we have on the roster. And that's a big that's a big point in, in, in your ranking and a big reason what how teams become successful. But the issue is when you have a guy in charge who is so incompetent and stupid that all of the names on the roster become irrelevant. He will make you an irrelevant person in the college football landscape. And I will never, ever root for this program. How many years do you anticipate he makes it? Every time I think he's going to get fired, he signs a new deal. I I don't know. (laughs) I, I don't know. Like, I think next year, maybe we go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Maybe we play in the Fiesta Bowl. That'll lock him up for another five years. The year after that, We'll go six and six. Like, that's just how it goes every single year. I'll buy in at zero and zero, but every deep down, I will hate him and I will hate that program until he leaves. Like, you could go to Florida, warm weather, Gainesville, the SEC. You can go to USC, SoCal, the under the lights, the, the USC, the fight, fight on Trojans, a historic program. You could play in the Rose Bowl. Every that's the thing to me. USC plays their home games at the Rose Bowl, and that's the highest level of football that the Penn State Nittany Lions will ever achieve is going to a Rose Bowl. And it's irrelevant. These bowl games are irrelevant. Now, unless the athletic director, who I don't even know who he or she's name is at Penn State, thinks that the college football playoff is going to expand to eight teams, there is nothing that James Franklin will do in these next. Jack, I'm going to be 30. I'm going to be 35. (laughs) (laughs) I think we actually play. I think we actually play Texas, Penn state home and home. Let's see. I know we play Ohio state, Alabama. Uh, It says we're working on it, but it does not. No confirmation. Good news for you. Actually, wait. Actually yeah, the the possible home and home would be in 2030 and 2031. The final year, the the <laughs> last James Franklin's last dance. He heads to Austin. Okay, that's something I can get behind. If James Franklin's kumbaya final game was getting smacked by your Longhorns, that would probably make this decade worth of misery worth it. 
<sighs> All right. You done? Not you a, went not on a nice little rant there. Not a single person I spoke to is happy about this contract. I actually legitimately thought this is the year. We got him. He's gone. He's out. We lost four straight games. We lost to Illinois in a nine-inning baseball game. This is <laughs> this is the year that James Franklin gets fired. All the jobs are open. Baton Rouge, Death Valley, go there. They just won a national championship. They need to be lifted back up again. James Franklin is very – this is what I'll give him. He is good at turning a program around to relevancy. He did so at Vanderbilt. He did so at Penn State. But that's it. After that, he's a worthless piece of shit that just likes to hear himself talk. God damn it, do I hate that guy. Wow. I I knew you didn't like Franklin. I didn't realize it was personal like that. James Franklin, Carson Wentz, Ben Simmons. The big three. The big three. Okay. All right. Well, let's move into the association of the National Football Association. NFA would be such a better name than the NFL. Anyways, eh, week week 12. Uh, let's just start with Jack's lock of the week. Falcons minus one versus the Jags. I I'm mean. In. I'm in. I'm in. How is this the spread? It's not. Look, if it was minus two and a half or three, I'm like, oh, boy. The Falcons are in trouble. Like, this is a spot. Minus one just tells me we're a lock. Oh, that's where you're at with the Falcons. Rise up. ATL. Dirty birds. You know that they're looking you in the eye and saying to you, the Falcons will lose. This is all you need to know. That's what they're telling you. But it's not going to happen. Would you say... That there is a 0.000% chance the Falcons lose that football game. Ridley's do out. Do, do it, bitch. I mean, Cord- Jags, I think Cordero might be back in. The Jags are really bad. Matt, the problem is the, the football. The, the problem is the Falcons haven't scored a touchdown <laughs> since the beginning of November. No, the problem is Matt Ryan actually might be worse than the current state of Joe Flacco. Like, Matt Ryan is so washed up, it was painful to watch. I don't watch. think that's true. I think, he's he gets, so, I think his offensive line is so bad dude, and everything around him is really so bad. so washed up. That's the thing is people are in denial. Not me. Now that I'm accepting that I'm betting on washed up Matt Ryan, there is a 0.0000% chance that my Atlanta Falcons lose to the Jaguars on Sunday. It's the lock of the century. It is financial advice. You can sue me if they lose. I don't really give a damn. The Falcons are winning that game. Just tip your dealers on the way out. Thank you very much. Now, to Sunday night football we go. Ravens, Browns, Baker, Lamar, Miles Garrett, Alejandro Villanueva. I mean, just matchups galore. What's going to happen, Abe? Where's the game? It's in Baltimore. You guys have them twice in the next three weeks, if I'm not mistaken, right? And they have a buy in between. That's correct. I found myself on Brown's Twitter the other day. Ooh, how was that? Jack, did you know that Brown's fans and have been circling this three games slate the entire year? Saying yeah. they they've known the entire year that the season will come down to these three games that they're playing, two of which are the back to back against the Ravens. They've been looking at this for a while. They have. They've been, did that scare you at all? Does it Circle. scare? Bulletin board material, even. The game The game that scares me is the one in Cleveland because they get the buy-in between and we go and play Pittsburgh, which they always rough us up and are physical. That's what scares me. This game, though, Lamar's still not healthy at this point in time. Like they, There's still questions whether he'll play on Sunday night, which is insane. And if you remember the last I, time I Lamar played. I just saw a tweet played, that he's feeling good. Okay, well, maybe that's a good update. The last time, though, he played in Cleveland, and he was pooping his pants. So I don't really know. Maybe the Browns really give him the Browns, and they just make him scared and mess up his immune system. I don't know what it is. If Lamar plays, I'm confident. I'm just confident the Browns aren't that good. I think it will be a low-scoring game. But Baker's, like, pretty brutal, man. He's, like, really bad. I was going to say that. Here's a take. Ravens lose this game. 
at the end of the day, is that that big of a hit on their chances to win the division? So statistically, with the right, with the Steelers playing the Bengals this week as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll just give you the numbers and then my take. Numbers right now, Ravens are at fifty four percent to win the division. With the win, they jumped to seventy two. With the loss, they jumped to thirty nine percent. What is that? Some so, ESPN FPI shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those are the numbers. Like I said, I mean, take them for what they're worth. I I do think just given the Ravens' schedule, their final seven opponents are five division games and the Packers and the Rams, and so and five and three of the five division games are on the road. So it's a big one just because then you're staring the Steelers in the face and then back in Cleveland, it's a big win and you get to eight and three. Now you've kind of separated yourself from the pack um, to a degree. So I think it's it's a big game. But no, the there's Ravens, so many games left exactly. that yes, they they can. And I think figure. the Ravens should play the long game with this one. I think you throw the game. Mm-hmm. I think the defense allows a lot of open coverages, broken coverages, big plays from Baker. Play the long game mm. because the Browns are circling this on their calendar. It's like, all right, Baker, you want that contract? Go yeah. get it. Yeah. If you if you are John Harbaugh and the Ravens, you let Baker dice you for 350 yards and three touchdowns. So that way, you keep Baker in the division for the next four years. Yeah, that would be ideal. But what about the game in Cleveland? What about the game in Cleveland? What do you do there? I think if the Browns can win this and then win a game in between that and go 2-0 and in these next Well, they have a bye. Yeah, they have a bye. uh, But they can get in the playoffs. If they they win this game, they're probably going to be in a good position to make the playoffs now. Yeah. They don't need to win the division. You throw this game. Heck, you throw them both. Just just take a wild card. Go on the road. Don't be a bitch if you're Lamar. You know? <laughs> Nobody wants to. Who cares about the bank? The, 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 the Titans ran you up on the bank at home. So the Ravens are. And you guys won on the road in Buffalo. It's like. Do you really want to no, play at the bank? No, at Tennessee. The Ravens are three and a uh, half whatever. point favorites in the game, which really makes me think like they, they do think Cleveland has a good shot in this one. And they could. Like the Ravens defense, we know it's susceptible to big plays. We can't tackle, which is a nightmare against Chubb and Hunt might be back. Uh, and Lamar in question, a lot of the Ravens are banged up. We're just a banged up football team. It is what it is. But the next game that I thought was really interesting Las Vegas, the same way they stared me down in the face and said, Jack, the Jaguars are winning. Don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. I stared back and I said, 0.0 in your mouth. They just they just went down to Nashville. Like the whole the whole bookmaking industry went down to Nashville, had a bachelor party in their hometown, and said, Tennessee, the Titans are garbage. Do you know what the spread is without looking on the road in New England? Pats minus three. Pats minus six and a half points. Like I said, they just danced on the graves of any Super Bowl hopes and said, listen, Tennessee, you're first in the ASC. Congratulations. Enjoy it while it's here because you guys absolutely stink. And if you want to be a Patriots homer and say, well, they're just finally giving us respect. We've won four in a row. Max the rookie of the year. Sure. Okay. Maybe that's a point or two. Not really, but maybe a point and a half. Six and a half points, Abe. I mean, the disrespect. I, you know what, Jack? I disagree. How? You just said three points. I, yeah, but I thought about it. You look at a contender, a Patriots team. They're you get a bet against the Patriots. It's a real. They're real. Mac Jones is real. No. Belichick is real. Belichick nope. is showing you. No. Belichick is showing you that it was no. his show all along. He just needed to get another guy to be his puppeteer. He had Brady. He cut him off the strings. Sewed up Mac Jones. It's just back to business as usual in New England. If if this was the New England team a few years ago with Tom, six and a half. Yo, what the dumbass statement just came flying out of your mouth? I am emphasizing the fact that it's system. Oh, my God. And they're playing good ball. I think this is just a respect to the Patriots more so than it is a, a hit on the Titans. All right, maybe maybe that's love for the for the Titans then, and and a lot of love for the Patriots. But in my opinion, that line screams and says Tennessee, we have zero respect for you. 
And I'm kind of in agreement. I mean, yeah. It's like, if you don't have Derrick Henry, you are nothing. <laughs> uh, another Running great... backs matter. Running backs matter. Running backs do matter. Another great game on the slate. We finally have a great Sunday slate. How about that? Packers-Rams. It's a pick in Green Bay. Once again, telling me, hey, Los Angeles still is the NFC favorite, in my opinion. Because to be favorites, off a loss for Rodgers. Packers are at home. I really think that that should be like a one of the normal three point spreads, three points for the Rams at home. You're, but they you're forgetting it, what I said on Sunday night, and Aaron Rodgers said it's worse than turf toe. Oh right, right. I forgot. His guy has to amputate his toe. Good point there. You know what's crazy about like players and the media and saying whatever they want to say, and people just taking and running with it. Like, yeah, no one I, questions I, it. There's like. Like, nobody has more ability to insider trade than these. Like, they can say whatever they want to get that spread to go whichever direction they want. Mm-hmm. If Aaron Rodgers came out on Sunday after that loss and said, my toe's fine. I think I'm playing some of the best football in my career right now. We just have to get it right elsewhere. Off a loss from a divisional game, the Packers are three-point favorites right now. But because he said the toe is worse than a turf toe and he's feeling a lot of pain, that causes the spread to drop. And it is ironic because 99% of the United States has never experienced a turf toe in their life. But Fake injury. But 100% of fans know that it is like the worst injury to have as a player. I, like, I, I don't know how it. we know it, but is it is. Is it like, is turf toe like stubbing your toe? I don't know. That's my point. We have no clue, I'm looking but up we know what, it what hurts. Is turf to- I'm looking up what is turf toe right now. While what? you do that. Um, I do want to talk about the Vegas game of the week. That's going to be Chargers minus two and a half at the Broncos. This is a Broncos team who got smoked at home by the a Eagles. A turf toe is a sprain of the largest of your big toe. You sprained your toe. Right. You know what they say, though. Sprain's worse than a break. That's true. It's It happens when your toe force, forcibly bends upward, Oof. such as when you push off push off into a sprint. How long? Aaron Rodgers is struggling to walk out there, fam. <laughs> what do you think about our Vegas game of the week? Chargers minus two and a half at the Broncos. That's a trap, right? This one I'll buy into the trap. As in you'll take the Chargers? No, I'll take the Broncos. An emotional win from the from the from the Chargers last week. Austin Eckler, four touchdowns. How's your mother? Um, I can't. I, it's as simple as this to me. The Chargers came into Philadelphia and beat a really good football team, and the Eagles went into Denver and beat a really bad football team. Good, Bad teams beat worse teams, and I think the Chargers are worse than the Broncos here. Division matchup, though. Wait, you think the Chargers are better than the Broncos? Better than the Broncos. I'm sorry. I like All the Chargers right, so- here. Okay. All right. I'm on Denver for sure. Also, none of my picks hold any weight right now because, like I said, I have to see how the games play out tomorrow and where right, Vegas right. needs to make their money back from. Yeah, like if if the Cowboys and Bills win on Thursday, I'm sorry for, to my Falcons gang, but I might be off. I might. But if one of them loses, I'm fine. I'm back in. Okay. Zero so points. so we're gonna throw in a little stip on the yeah, zero little point step. zero. Little, little step here and there. Another fun one, uh, week 12, you got the Bucks minus three at the Wensylvania's. Huge win for the Colts. The Colts are a good football team. I nope. said they were going to win the division. I said that they're good. The division sucks. I, I said that Wentz is a person, and I think Vegas I don't even is, think that's true. <clears throat> Wentz is the, the redheaded messiah. And, you know, they're saying, hey, be careful with this one. We're not giving away money. But you have the chance if Brady wants to Brady, sure. But the Colts, I feel like, are a team that could – I don't know. They, their run defense is – the Bucks' run defense is truly the best in the league to me. And make Wentz throw, and I think you're in luck. But the, the Bucks are banged up in the secondary, so people I guess buying, – People buying the Colts and Wentz stock right now is music to my ears. Right. This feels like this feels like when you you sell a lot of your. Shares. I think we get a. I think we're looking at a classic Carson Wentz game. Yeah, I think this is you dump on the market right here. 
You you pump and dump Brady, Wentz, Brady, and now Brady, you're done. Look, Brady looks Wentz in the eye and says, "You bitch, you were afraid to play me in Minnesota in <laughs> February. You're gonna get it now." And yeah. the only difference is he can say that to Nick Foles, but Nick Foles wouldn't be phased. Nick Foles goes out there and also throws for 400 yards, no interceptions, and wins the Super Bowl. Whereas Wentz, being the coward and bitch that he is, will curl into a ball and throw left-handed interceptions directly into the chest of defensive linemen on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> who, okay, who will have a worse interception, Wentz on Sunday or Danny Dimes' throw on Monday Night Football? I mean, Danny Dimes did the Wentz, you know? It's like a, a tribute to him. Have we seen Wentz actually throw, like, target? Like, that has to count as a target for the Bucks defensive lineman. Carson Wentz, Wentz switched hands in the end zone and gave an infield fly <laughs> to a, in overtime, or right before, in the like, three minutes left in the fourth quarter on a game-winning drive. This guy doesn't give a fuck. Every time you think he has shocked you, He's gonna pull I still a rabbit don't get how eye. you hate him. Like I would have so much respect for his ways and being. He's a legend. You live through it. You live. Walk a day in my shoes. <laughs> and- Go, you know what? You haven't watched. You haven't watched the five and a half minute video. Yes, it's five and a half minutes long of every Carson Wentz interception from last season. I have. I was telling you how bad he was, and you kept telling me how good he was and the Eagles were. Like that was years ago. That was years ago in the grand scheme of things. Abe, before the podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, brother. Any final thoughts? Thankful for the snapback family. And I'm wow. thankful that Carson Wentz doesn't play in my fucking city. And I'm thankful that I don't have a college football team anymore. My Saturdays are free. I am thankful. I'm just very thankful overall. Good. And I'm it's thankful good. for Ty- and I'm thankful for Tyrese Maxey. It's good to be thankful out there, people. Snapback fam, much love. Happy Thanksgiving. Peace.